Hello and welcome back to another episode of the IBC Podcast, where we sit down and dive deeper into our messages as well as talk about what's going on in the life of our church. Welcome back to the reboot of the IBC Podcast. My name is Jared Landreth. I am the creative arts and worship minister at IBC. Um, We are so excited to kick off uh, the the reboot of this podcast. Uh, we have definitely been uh, missing doing this and bringing this to you guys. So we hope and we pray that that this podcast will be a, a uh, something a, a useful tool for you and your family. Maybe it's something you listen to as you uh, are dropping your kids off at school, or uh, something you're listening to just kind of uh, to make work go by a little faster. However you listen, we pray that it's a blessing for you and that it's an encouragement to you. Uh, I'm here with Aaron Fulbright. Today, we are going to kind of uh, talk through some things from uh, from the sermon that Aaron preached uh, on Sunday, and we're going to kind of continue that that format for our podcast as we uh, go through this year. Uh, I'll be doing this with Aaron and Scott uh, kind of a- as they preach on a particular Sunday, and we'll we'll dive in a little bit more to the text that they uh, that they taught from uh, the previous Sunday, and we're going to kind of dive into that text a little bit deeper and give uh, give them an opportunity uh, to maybe share a little bit more and to di- uh, dive a little deeper than they'd be able to on a Sunday morning. But first, we have some urgent matters to discuss. So we're, we are going to start this new thing in place of the dad jokes because Aaron and I could never attain the level of dad joke no. quality that, that Todd was able to attain. He did have his PhD in dad jokes. Yes. So uh, we are starting a top three section in our podcast where each week we're, I'm going to give whoever is on the podcast with me a category and they have to give me their top three from that respective category. Now, I've picked a hot topic this week that's going to hurt a lot of feelings. And I'm sorry if you're listening, Jeff Madison. But Aaron, give me your top three chicken restaurants. Well, you don't need to apologize to Jeff on my behalf because number one is Chick-fil-A. I uh, your love Number it. one is Chick-fil-A? Number one is Chick-fil-A. No way. Yes. I I'm l- shocked. I love Chick-fil-A with my whole heart. Number two <laughs> for me uh, is... Is Popeyes? Oh my gosh! Somebody insert a sound effect. <laughs> I love Ka-chow! Popeyes. Now, I'll be honest. Uh, after you eat Popeyes, uh, you probably shouldn't for another month or so because <laughs> it's not the healthiest. Like Chick Fil A, you can eat Chick Fil A and you feel clean still after. You're like, I can oh, eat yeah. that again tonight. Popeyes, you can't do that. Uh, but I think their their chicken tender, spicy chicken tender is incredible. Even bone I bone in chicken is better than boneless chicken. And then three, which I think will be a little controversial, but not a lot controversial because people around here probably haven't had it, but I really like Bojangles. Now, we don't have a Bojangles in Oklahoma, so someone say, well, that doesn't count. You can't pick Bojangles. I can't. <laughs> um, and I just did. Uh, I like Bojangles yeah, our podcast. a whole lot. Um, and I'm biased, too, because, listen, I get I'm probably destroying all credibility, but that's fine because people tell me my food choices are weird all the time. Yeah, I'm a big are. fan of grits. Yeah, and you can gross. get grits as a side at Bojangles. And so What is Bojangles? Is it like a fast food restaurant or yeah, is it Yeah, it's it's fast food chicken. So you can get fast food grits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's on your top 3. It doesn't, it doesn't take long to make grits anyway. Is it like Popeyes where you have to give it 
a month and a half before you No, <laughs> when I was doing seminary uh, and I would go up to Southeastern, they had a Bojangles close to the seminary. Uh-huh. So every morning I would go and I'd get like a handbag and cheese or like a chicken biscuit with a side of grits every oh, morning. Oh my gosh. Walk into my eight-hour seminar. <laughs> <laughs> Make the person not, make make the person two or three <laughs> chairs next to you hate you for yes, the rest yes, of the I'm day. Okay, let's dive into our uh, the main purpose of our podcast today is to uh, talk through uh, the sermon and the text from last Sunday. Last Sunday, Aaron, you preached on First uh, John, uh, starting in chapter two, uh, verses one to two. I'm just it's so short. We might as well just read it before we dive in. It says, "My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin." And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. And Aaron, you did a great job. One thing I appreciate about when you when you preach is right off the bat, you kind of give us the thesis for what what this text is telling us, and and it really sets the tone and the direction for where uh, we're going to go in the text for the rest of the sermon. Would you mind uh, reminding us of of what that was, and kind of give us a short uh, synopsis of what you preached on this Sunday and what what this text is telling us. Yeah, so each week, the the goal, at least when I preach, is I want to introduce the main idea. And um, David Chappell, um, he calls it the central idea, but it's the, same, it's the same thing. Basically, the author has a reason for writing the letter that he writes um, and the passages that he writes. And so, basically, what we're trying to look at is is what, what was John trying to communicate in these couple of verses? And really what I think it is, is, is that because our goal is not to sin, Jesus Christ laid down his life to be the advocate and the propitiation for our sin. And so we kind of broke that down for by and looking at four points. One, we are to avoid sin, and John's clear about that. Uh, but John's also a realist in it in that he he understands that we will sin and that we'll still that's gonna be sin's gonna be part of our lives. Um and so he reminds us that Christ is both our righteous advocate and our atoning sacrifice. Um, and so he's interceding on our behalf and that he is the one who goes before the Father that enables uh, the Father to justly listen to us. Um, and all that's done through his atoning sacrifice by laying down his life um, for our sin. So that's kind of the focus. And then we ended it with this call to share the gospel with people because we see in that passage that Jesus lays down his life for not just the church, not just us, but the whole world. Right. And, and prior to this chapter, you know, Scott preached about um, how uh, we are to walk in the light uh, and how, how God is light. And and uh, you kind of still touched on that uh, in, in your sermon on Sunday about how we are to uh, walk in the light and to flee from sin. Um, I wanted to ask you and give you an opportunity to go a little deeper. Is there really is there a difference uh, in walking in the light and fleeing from sin, or are they the same thing that kind of coexist? Are they individual things that happen in a particular order? Can you kind of dive into that a little? little yeah, bit more? yeah, I think they're they're just pretty much saying the the same thing. You know, light is a um, one. It's an important theme for for John. Uh, when he he's already established that God is light in First John chapter one verse five. Next week we'll talk a little bit more about how Jesus is the light. Jesus makes that statement um, in John chapter eight verse twelve. I'm the light of the world. Uh, but then we also see that in next week's sermon 
that as because Jesus is a light, we are to imitate him, and we get that also in Matthew chapter five, where we see that we are we are the light of the world. But this theme of light goes beyond John, but we see it at the beginning in Genesis chapter one that when God starts creation on that first day of creation, we see that he creates light. And so light is this idea of of purity, of righteousness, of holiness, and, and really it comes down to to its its perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as followers of Jesus, to live in that light is to live within that perfection, to do all the things that God calls us to do and to avoid all the things that God calls us to avoid. But it's not just a list of do's and don'ts, but it's a conforming to God's character. And I kind of gave that definition yesterday that uh, or, or, or month, Sunday, that sin sin is a failure to conform to the character of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I'm going to walk into the in the light, it means I'm shining the same light that Jesus shone, and so I'm doing the things that Jesus would have done in, in imitating him by my behavior. So I don't think there's a big difference between walking in the light and avoiding sin because you right. can't sin while walking in the light. Right, yeah, that's great. So... I think at the surface level and maybe to a young believer or a new believer, this, this conversation of fleeing from sin, walking, uh, walking in the light might sound a little legalistic on the outside. Um, obviously it's not. Um, but if we know that Jesus himself said that he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And so in light of that, how does, how does sin affect us as believers um, now that Jesus has fulfilled the law? Um, and and how, how is this not really a legalistic approach uh, to following the Lord? Yeah, so uh, the best way, and I think a lot of preachers kind of describe it this way, probably because it alliterates, but the best way I think to think about the work of Jesus when it comes to our sin is that when Jesus, when Jesus died, he defeated the penalty of sin, which is mm-hmm. death. Um, and then now, as the Holy Spirit dwells within us, um, Jesus, through the Spirit, is defeating the the presence of, uh, or sorry, the the power of sin over our lives. And mm-hmm. so, sure, sin is present in my life still, but slowly I'm seeing the power of that sin diminish and the power of the gospel and of God's grace to grow. And then finally, at Jesus' uh, second coming, we're going to see the presence of sin is completely done away with, and um, we're going to be set free from any ability to to sin. So right now we're living in the moment of trying to overcome the power of, of sin. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to think that because I'm forgiven, now it doesn't matter what I do because once saved, always saved. And it's true that once you're saved, you're always saved, but God's desire for us isn't isn't simply to get us to to go to heaven. You know, atonement and forgiveness, it's not it's not bookkeeping. It's not I've prayed a prayer, my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I'm saved forever. Now I can go do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. But salvation is living as a saved person every single day. And so what while our salvation, our justification is solely done by the grace of God, the the our sanctification, while also being done through the grace of God, is also done through our actions. And, and I don't want us to think that it's like works-based, because mm-hmm. it's still a gracious act of God, but we have more of a role and more of a responsibility in our sanctification. And so every day, 
I'm trying to submit myself to the Lord and position myself before the Lord and allow him to graciously work in my life that Mm -hmm. even as believers, we can resist God in some way um, and it's hindering our ability to grow in our faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Shifting gears a little bit. uh, So there were two words that kind of kept coming up uh, uh, in, uh, in your sermon. Um, First, uh, first the word atonement, and we talked, and, and then the text it says propitiation. Um, those are uh, uh, those are words that we're as Christians we're familiar with, um, but I don't think that we often spend a ton of time thinking about uh, how they come about. Um, and, and there's a there's a word called that that you know that uh, there's a word called soteriology mm-hmm. and, and, and it's it means that it's essentially the doctrine of, of salvation yeah. um, and it's not something that we dive into a ton but it's something that you kind of mentioned a little bit can you tell us talk to us a little bit about yes. that Sorry. yeah 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 um, so one propitiation is the Greek word halosmos and we could uh, re- really what scholars are doing is they're debating whether that word means propitiation which means to appease the wrath of or does it mean expiation which means to wipe away or could it mean both and I'm on the side of I think it, it implies both and the way I'm going to answer this question is to kind of point you guys to another resource that in this series we're trying to pr- put videos up on our IBC website uh, ibcshawnee.org slash tv and you'll find videos on First John, and you'll find all the sermons, but we're kind of taking some ideas and going a little bit deeper. And so on that page, you can find a discussion that I have about, uh, is it propitiation? Is it expiation? Does it matter which one it is? And, and what's the implications from that? Uh, but then also with this idea of atonement, and if I could have gone longer in my sermon, mm-hmm. I wish I could have, could have connected it to the Day of Atonement. That on the Day of Atonement, we see both the act of propitiation whenever uh, the high priest takes takes the the goat, slaughters it, brings its blood into the most holy place in the tabernacle, and then sprinkles that blood on the uh, mercy seat. And it's a sign of God's judgment on this animal on behalf of the sins of Israel. But then you also see the scapegoat, where there's a second goat, and the high priest confesses the sins of Israel onto this goat, and they let the goat go into the wilderness, and they, mm-hmm. once it goes in the wilderness, eventually it's going to die. And the idea is propitiation is paid, that there's wrath that is unleashed on this animal on behalf of the people, but then the sins of the people, expiation, are taken away and removed from their presence. Yeah. Um, and so you see both both play out. And so that leads now to the last thing you talked about with soteriology, of kind of who did Jesus die for when we talk about it in the sermon that um, what does this phrase the whole world refer to? And there's a lot of people out there who think um, they believe in this idea that Jesus only died for the elect and that it's double punishment and it's unjust if God punishes Jesus for the sins of people who never repent from from their mm-hmm. sin. But to me, I don't think it's double punishment and I don't think it's unfair, um, that I think just because something is uh, provided doesn't mean it's going to be applied. Mm-hmm. And so I think very clearly we see in Scripture that those who confess their sin are are saved, but we're limiting the death of, of Jesus, and that's why they call it limited atonement, but we're limiting the death of Jesus if we say he only dies for those who who put their faith in him. Right. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot in those two verses that we try to unpack in the 
30, 35 minutes. I probably went longer than that, but 30, 35 minutes in which I, I was we a lot a of the time you preach. went longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just messing with you. Well, Aaron, thanks for sharing that with that. We're going to be definitely looking forward to uh, that video coming out on IBC TV. Um, definitely make sure that you guys are uh, checking on our website for that kind of content. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. I want to take a quick minute to just tell you about the things uh, coming up here at IBC. First off, I want to tell you that discipleship classes have begun. Uh, they, those happen on Wednesday nights. Most of them are happening at 6.30 p.m. There's a few outliers, uh, but we would love for you to jump into one of those and dive deeper into the Word with us. Uh, you can find a full list of classes at our website by going to ibcshawnee.org. Clicking on groups, and then you can find the circle that says discipleship and see a full list of classes there. You can also check out our blue wall in our North Overflow uh, that has a handout about discipleship with all the classes there. Um, we have uh, postponed our Crock-Pot cook-off uh, that was supposed to be at our members' meeting on uh, this past Sunday night. Uh, that has been postponed to February 27th. Uh, we have our mother-son Nerf War and Bingo uh, night registration uh, is now open, but that, that uh, Nerf War and Bingo night is happening February 11th. That's for mothers uh, and their sons up to 6th grade. Um, that's going to be February 11th at 6 p.m. We also have KV dinner tickets are now on sale. It's actually not a dinner. Uh, it's really just a to-go lunch, but students sell those tickets in order to help uh, fund going on mission trips and other discipleship retreats uh, throughout the year. It's a great way to support our student ministry. Uh, make sure to pick those up from a student. Last but not least, uh, Ladies Night Out is now happening on March 8th. Uh, Sign-ups will be up very soon on our website. Uh, again, that's March 8th, Ladies Night Out. It's going to be a great time. Uh, we hope that, that you will be able to join us. Thanks again for tuning in to the IBC Podcast, and we will see you next week.